everybody. Welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And this is episode number 124. Aaron, we just had the entry draft, and I think a lot of people were uh, very surprised, but also very pleased with the shark selection of William Eklund. He was supposed to go, or he was slotted at least, as third overall uh, on many of the uh, the draft boards. Central Scouting, I think, had him there. But the Sharks were able to pick him up at number seven. Uh, I know you had said that that was their their number two guy to pick behind Matthew Beneers or Matty Beneers, I guess they like to call him. So uh, on the Sharks board, at least, that's not to say that they thought he was the second best player in the draft necessarily. But um, yeah, pretty high praise uh, coming for this young talent out of Sweden. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited. This is the one guy that I was hoping the Sharks were going to be able to land. I didn't think he was actually going to fall to number seven, and I'm very happy that he did, and also very happy that the Sharks also thought he was a very good player that they wanted on their team. Uh, you are correct. He said he was going to be, or uh, Doug Wilson Jr. said that he was the second guy on their board, at least, um, behind Matty Beniers, but um, Beniers actually went second overall. So I saw I saw a couple boards that had Eklund's first overall, even over Owen Power, but a lot of them had Owen, is Owen Power, right? Owen Power. Owen Power was number one, kind of, kind of the universal number one. Um, and everyone behind him was kind of a mixed order based on team need on um, the team that was picking. So the Sharks, we thought, we talked about this in our last show, we thought that the Sharks needed the best forward available. And I think that they absolutely got him uh, in this pick. So I'm very happy. Yeah, some people thinking that maybe they just got the best forward period in the draft. Some people saying, uh, especially in the chat over here, I saw um, that, you know, could be ready for for play next season. I, I mean, maybe that's a little ambitious. I think he still has the season to play out at the SHL uh, before he's uh, going to be coming over and giving the Sharks a go here. But, you know, hey, maybe. Who knows? What do you think? Is this guy potentially ready to jump straight in at 18? Yes, I think uh, this is one of the few players in the draft that would probably be uh, eligible, not eligible, but ready to j- make the jump into the NHL. Um, I think defensemen, Owen Powers, they generally take a little bit longer to kind of get used to the to the uh, the NHL, and that's usually based on size. Now, Power has the size. That's kind of why everyone kind of put him number one is because he's already was he six foot two or something and uh, two hundred and ten pounds. I mean, he's a beefy boy for being that young. So he's going to make the jump pretty quick too. If not this year, probably they'll hold him off a year. Um, Cause I think he actually, he said he's going to be going back to Michigan as well. Right. With uh, what, like four of the guys that were picked in the top five or six are going to be playing. Michigan's <laughs> going to be such a powerhouse next year. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun to kind of watch. Yeah. Michigan better win it all. So I got to say, um, so I want to uh, go ahead and we're going to talk more about William, but first I kind of want to talk about the guy that they didn't pick that I was thinking uh, maybe they might, because uh, I put the tweet out saying, you know, the Sharks are on the board and they've got William Eklund still available as along with Dylan Gunther. And so I want to go ahead and give a few stats on Dylan Gunther first, and then we'll jump back to William for the comparison here. So uh, Dylan being six foot one, 175 pounds, he had 24 points, 12 goals, 12 assists. So right down the middle there in 12 games. Now he did that in the WHL and this is for the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's a right winger. And that's all he plays is right wing. Okay. Uh, so he, his point production, two points per game, pretty high. Um, but again, playing at, at the uh, the WHL level here. Uh, for William Eklund, you got a, uh, a graphic here on the screen. Go ahead and check yeah. that out. I'm not sure that I'm going to be pulling from that graphic, but I do have my own little stats. So he's five foot 10. So a little bit on the smaller side, 176 pounds. So he actually weighs one pound more than Dylan does, even though he's 
uh, three inches shorter. Uh, he did pick up 23 points. That's 11 goals and 12 assists and 40 games played in the SHL. And he earned rookie of the year at just 18 years of age. Uh, he plays both center and left wing, although I think naturally he plays more on the left wing side. So, um, I mean, that's kind of the comparison between the two. Uh, really, with with Eklund, one of the things that stands out, the scouting report on him has a lot to do with his skating, actually. Uh, he's very good, but not top-end speed. Again, he's only 18 years of age, and uh, he's only going to get faster as he continues to develop. Uh, but he's got a very good quick first step, and he's very explosive. He's got that fast acceleration. So, though he may not have the top speed, he's got the quickness. And that first uh, step is really one that is able to burn defensemen. And uh, he's very agile. His, his agility and his edge work has been uh, called close to elite. So uh, basically given the ability to kind of uh, fool those defenders into I'm going one way and now I'm going the other, right? So um, he, he sounds like a very crafty uh, young player and uh, very talented with his skates. So it'd be really interesting to see. Now, there were some people that were actually making uh, some comparisons to Pavel Datsuk. Let's not go that far. But um, I mean, hey, I could understand where they might draw the comparison for a guy who's got close to elite level edge work and skating. Um, you know, that's what Pavel Datsuk did. We both remember, and I'm sure a lot of you guys who are watching do too, uh, when he made uh, Logan Couture look a little bit silly on his birthday. Um, so, I mean, if that's the type of player that we're getting here, uh, 100% on board, love it. And I just, I absolutely love, and I want to say it one more time, I wanted the Sharks to take the best uh, forward that was available in the draft, and it seems like uh, they took the best one potentially in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the lineup next year because uh, he he could potentially jump in, probably not the first top line, uh, second or third line. And what if we see him with fellow Swede, uh, Ulf Dahlensson? Um, they might put them together, maybe. And that might be kind of an exciting line if they get that third line center. Uh, fairly offensive, not fairly offensive, but uh, a two-way player in the third line center to help them defensively and then see what the Swedes can do on their on their flanks. I think this could be a, a pretty exciting exciting year coming out. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because he, <laughs> he, he's not going to college. He's not going to go back and play. He's not. He's He was playing in Sweden. So um, I, I'm, 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 I was jumping up and cheering when they made the pick. I was like, yes. And I even tweeted. I'm like, they didn't muck it up. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't um, think I don't think pulling a guy like Dylan Gunther instead maybe would have been considered mucking it up. But do you though? I mean, is this the only guy you wanted? No, but like, look, was was one of the first comments up here was uh, from Gernster Eklund LFG. I'm not going to repeat what that means. Uh, really went to Wallstead, but this is a dream scenario. You got to take advantage of. Uh, did you see where Wallstead fell? Uh, I didn't see. I saw Kosa went before him. He did go before him. Wallset went, I think, 20th to Minnesota. Wow. So Minnesota took him a uh, pretty good pick. And I think it was uh, Kevin Weeks on the on the feed on ESPN saying that he's a similar style to Cam Talbot, who is also in Minnesota. So it's going to be a good uh, transition for him to kind of learn from Cam Talbot. So similar style. Uh, looks like Minnesota will be set for goaltending for the near future. I'm very glad the Sharks did not go after Wallstead, especially seventh overall, considering where he did fall. Um, I would be, I would have been upset if they taken Wallstead. Um, yeah, I think it's too I'm high. On that one. It's too high and too big of a risk for a top, a seventh overall pick being a goalie that can end up being a bust. Not that's, I'm not saying he's going to be a bust, but there's more potential for a bust than than uh, some of these players. Uh, one of one of the players that they compared Eklund to is uh, Miko Rantanen that kind of style of play. Mm. Um, 
So, I mean, that that's, you know, everyone always compares Timo Meyer to, to Miko Rantanen because Rantanen was taken one pick after Timo Meyer was. And speaking of Timo Meyer, there were some rumors going around that he was yeah. going to get traded to New Jersey for that 29th overall pick, I believe it was. Um, but there was no, is it 29th? Yeah, it was a 29th pick. Uh, New Jersey did not make a swing. I have a feeling the Sharks probably, my guess, I'm not, I don't know, but my guess is they probably said, if our guy is there that we want, and he's still there 29th overall, here's the trade that will work down so we could at least have, have it worked out beforehand because as soon as that buzzer goes, you got, what, five minutes on the clock? Like, yeah. let's pull the trigger and get it done. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was a thing and maybe their guy got taken. So they said, nope, no deal, not going to do it. By the way, LFG stands for looking for group. So apparently uh, he's looking for group. <laughs> um, I got another little uh, blurb here. I always want to say about uh, William Eklund here. It says the, the list of H- SHL products over the past 30 years that registered a draft year equivalency in the ballpark of Eklund or greater Fiala, Lindholm, Backstrom, both Sedins, Naslin, and Peter Forsberg. He's up there. That's up there. That will, that helps people who are like, I don't know any of these guys. That'll That's a good comparison right there. (laughs) Matthew Phipps saying Eklund, Portolo, Weisblatt, future top line. Uh, Yeah, there you go. That that, it could be, who knows? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Weisblatt, I like his story. I'm just, I don't know if uh, he's going to be that guy that catches fire as you've got the fire emoji there (laughs) and, uh, and becomes that uh, top line player. I sure hope so. That would be great for the San Jose Sharks and the future of that team. But, um, I don't know. I think Bordalo and, and Eklund maybe have a higher ceiling uh, than, than Weisblatt does. But, hey, we'll see. And uh, you can always go back to uh, your comment there and say, I told you so. So good for you. But um, <laughs> let's see. What else we got here, Aaron? Any other comments that you wanted to, to poke at here? Um, when Detroit said Sweden, I was so sad because I thought they were getting Eklund. Same thing. <laughs> I was like, no, so close. And then they picked the defenseman. I'm like, ha, yeah. suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. So tomorrow, Anthony Sanchez, tomorrow will be interesting to say the least. Yes, of course. Tomorrow will be a very interesting day. Aaron, what are you expecting to see, uh, tomorrow now? I know we were talking just now a little bit about Timo Meyer and the trade that may or may not have been. Um, there was some rumblings a little bit about Brent Burns potentially, uh, from a guy that had 16 followers <laughs> on Twitter, but Hey, uh, it was, you know, some stuff going back and forth. Of course, the rumor mill is churning. But uh, what's something that you're maybe expecting to see tomorrow? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a trade. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Kurz or might have been um, uh, Shang. I can't remember. Someone had mm-hmm. mentioned that there was a defenseman going, but it was for a depth forward position, which means it probably wouldn't be one of the top defensemen. I, I think the other way around. I think they said a, a depth defenseman. And in my mind, Shimmick is what they're talking about because he that's, basically. Sorry, that's what I meant. One of yeah. the Sharks' depth defensemen would be going out for a, a forward. forward. Oh, I thought it was a depth forward. Sorry. Yeah, depth defenseman for a four. That's the way I read it, at least. As Pang said, a D-man was going east. Yeah, there you go. I wonder yeah. if that rumbles uh, through tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. I think Shimmick is getting traded, uh, Denver Doyle says. I, I think that's the case, too. I mean, you know, you're not paying them an overly absorbent amount of money, but you're paying them more than you should for a guy that's going to be essentially your sixth defenseman and who's been kind of injury prone. No fault yeah. of his. He's out there playing hard. But And, um, yeah, we're already paying Vlasic as our fifth defenseman, what, $7 million. So you can't pay yeah. another the sixth defenseman another two minutes, $9 million on one on the bottom pairing. It's just not going to work. 
I was going to say, not even just on a pairing, on the third pairing. <laughs> so That's, That basically uh, means he got outplayed by Kanijov and uh, obviously Ferraro, but but Kanijov kind of overtook his spot on that top yeah. floor. Yeah, and then the question is going to be who who steps into his role. Whoever it is is not going to be getting paid nearly as much. But I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with Shemek. I think he's a great player, and I think he's still going to be a guy that other teams want and they're going to want to trade for. I think his trade value is still okay. Yes, he gets... Uh, injured uh, a few more times than we'd have liked to have seen. But I think, you know, as long as he's on the men and he's, there's nothing wrong with his leg. The guy's a really good defenseman. So for a 2.25, I think whatever his, his contract is, I think it's worth the roll of the dice on him uh, for another team to, to take him on. I think he's a solid guy. So uh, they're going to get a good defenseman, whoever that is. And hopefully the return is uh, equally as good. Now that might be, where the Sharks potentially get their third line center from. I don't know if teams are going to be that high on Shimmick. Maybe you have to package to get that. But I know they were looking at free agency to get the 3C, but if you could do it in a trade, I guess why not? So uh, is that something that you're thinking is going to happen? Or you think they're going to be getting that 3C, or do you think they're going to get more of a depth guy or a prospect perhaps? Uh, for Shimmick, I, I don't imagine a 3C coming back unless there is some other prospects or picks going. But to me, the Sharks are not going to be trading away any picks if they don't have to. Um, without more picks coming back their way, kind of like a like what they just did. They traded their second round for for Aiden Hill, but they also got a seventh round back because of the Joe Will special. So they love those seventh round picks. Uh, and the Sharks, to me, like I think they're one of the top teams that draft players in the sixth and seventh rounds. So they don't mind taking as many of those picks that they can because, um, as we saw last year, um, Doug Wilson Jr. kind of shared after the draft that he had. Well, they have 110 players, I think, on their on their draft list. And there were still a bunch that were on there. And so they traded. I think they traded away. They did the Joe Will special. Was it a fifth for two sevenths? Yep. Um, and they had four seventh round picks in last year's draft. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that. Um, maybe a Joe Will special here and there. So we'll see how many of those the, the Sharks end up getting. But um, I think um, th- I, this draft isn't as deep. And is also kind of, I mean, he even mentioned it's kind of a weird way to to uh, evaluate these players because a lot of them didn't even play for, with COVID being messing up. What's up? What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at JL 103 here saying the prayer circles work boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great comment. Thank you. JL 103. I don't know what that means, but thank you for that. Um, Shimmick Donato to Ottawa for Tierney and Dezingle uh, for their UFA rights. Um, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't talk to him first, but I know what, honestly, I would, I would absolutely do that. I don't know. I wouldn't mind Tierney as a, as a third line center. There you go back. You know, thanks for the rental Ottawa. <laughs> Not at all. We'll hey, I mean, we may as well. We're already recouping all the things that we traded away to Ottawa. May just keep on bringing them back. It's cool. Yeah, we'll just need those picks back. <laughs> uh, and then this one here, I, this is garbage. The rumor was Meyer for Heeshear and a pick. From New Jersey. Now, see, guys, guys, come on. Come on. Let's think first. Let's think first before we start believing these things. Aaron, fire away. I can see the disgust on your face. Go ahead. Well, for one, it makes sense to send Meyer to New Jersey because Hischer is there. And they're both, uh, what are they both? Um, I'm going to say Swedish and that's wrong. No. It's a Swiss? Uh, Swiss. They're both Swiss, Swiss. players. Um, I think Timo Meyer's stock actually went up after the World Juniors because he played pretty well in World Juniors. Or not World Juniors. Uh What's it called? The tournament they just had. The Worlds. Yeah. Whatever. Um, he was scoring some goals and was looking pretty good. Um, and I think that helped his stock. I think teams kind of took notice that, hey, this guy can play. Maybe it was the team was just not good. So, um, but I do think he's a guy that can't really drive the line. He needs somebody there, a playmaker to help him 
someone, some other star player there uh, to make him a star. So I would, I would think that him and Hisher, it wouldn't make sense to send Hisher back. Plus he's, he was a, was he a first or a second overall pick like a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah. So that just, that doesn't make sense. Um, I don't, I don't see that happening. That's probably another trade rumor from someone yeah. who had 13 followers on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Angela Nunez. What do you think about the San Jose Sharks losing Alex true? I think we talked about this in our previous show. Um, I use the, the air quotes for this one losing uh, Alex true and Anthony Sanchez seems to agree with me here. No big loss or no big lose. You spelled that wrong. It's okay for, for true. Um, you know, I, I just, it, he's not a guy that is a, a big loss for the Sharks because he was playing mostly with the Barracuda. He would have jumped in now and then on the fourth line, but there's so many guys that we can have jump in on the fourth line. So I just don't think that he's going to be, you know, really his loss will be felt uh, by the Sharks. So false on true, I think. But, you know, like you, like Aaron had said, um, them picking him up, Seattle, that is, picking him up, that was uh, a PR move, a marketing move. Uh, and it's a guy that they can fill their uh, AHL roster with. And, you know, he'll be good for a solid call up here and there, uh, especially because the team that they decided to put together probably could use him. I uh, wasn't overly impressed. But, yeah, so that's kind of what we think about the Sharks losing uh, Alex True. Not a, a huge deal one way or the other. So yeah. Matthew uh, Phipps had a comment here. He said, I also found it weird that Matty B was number one on our board and Eklund was number two on our board. I don't find that weird. I don't think they wanted a defenseman. I think that's how they valued the forwards and that's who they were going to go after. They knew they weren't going to get Owen power. Yeah. There's no way he was going to fall seventh. So why even put him on your board at number one? Mm-hmm. I mean, if he did fall, you don't need him on the board. You're going to take him. like, it, there's no reason. So I think they kind of were, like I said earlier, it was kind of a, after, after Owen power, it was a mix, a big mix of uh, team need. This is what the sharks team need was uh, Maddie B number one, Eklund number two. So I don't find it that weird. So I, and one of the things I like about Eklund, too, by the way, is I, even though he's a little bit on the smaller side, uh, and we had talked about this the other day, but we were talking more about a third-line center wanting that size there, right? The nice thing with Eklund is that he he he's, plays left wing, but they got him listed as both center and left wing, so it appears that he's done a little bit of both. I, I prefer to have a true winger playing on the wing because that's what they've done for their entire career. Uh, but when you've got a guy who's... Uh, played center as well. That can only bode well for your your line matching and for your you know the the blind blender that we always hear about, right? So uh, having him being able to play a couple different roles instead of just shoving him on the left wing, I was a little interested that they were going after somebody who has no right wing experience. I, I think right wing would have been almost better because there's not many players on the Sharks that are right wingers. If you take a look at the roster, it's or, and especially if you're looking at like cap friendly, most of them are listed as left wing or center left wing. Um, there's not a whole lot of righties. So um, it, it was kind of interesting to me that they would go that route. But again, you pick the best player available and um, this guy was, was it for them. So yeah, number two on their board. So they kind of just stuck to the board and went with it. I don't even know why they had Matt Beniers on there. I think there was pretty clear. He was probably going to get him going number two. But at the same time, I thought it was pretty clear that uh, Eklund was going to go earlier than seven. So, you know, you put him on there and you hope that uh, they fall down. And apparently they did. Now, Doug Wilson Jr. had a call with uh, with Eklund right after the draft was done and over with. And he had his dad there and he had the rest of the scouting staff there as well. And they were kind of just congratulating him, saying, hey, good job, good work, that kind of stuff. So uh, it was just a cool little uh, image to see them uh, kind of over the phone with, with their prospect that they just drafted. It's a very different year uh, than, uh, well, maybe not than last year, obviously, but 
Um, just really interesting to see how that all kind of comes together. And uh, talking about congratulating the player, uh, there were some comments in here. I think it was uh, Anthony Sanchez saying that uh, Brent Burns didn't kind of congratulate him on the Zoom calls tonight. I don't know if you got to look too far into that. Um, I, I saw um, was it Eric Carlson jumped on. He was the first one, and he just kind of uh, crashed the, the Zoom call with all of the uh, media folks. I was in there and listening to him talk, and all of a sudden, here comes Eric Carlson. <laughs> he just starts talking. Funny thing is, it was entirely in Swedish, I had no idea what anything he was talking about. Um, and then it's like, you know, whatever he's saying in Swedish and all of a sudden uh, development camp da, 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 in Swedish and training camp. <laughs> and so um, what's his name? Uh, Sheng Peng goes, hey, um, so what were you talking about there? <laughs> I have no idea. So it, it was just really funny. It was a, it was a fun moment there. So uh, the guy's really excited. He can't wait to, to jump in and start going. Uh, and all the Sharks are really excited to have him on the team. Logan Couture was on a call with them. Uh, Mario Ferraro, of course, jumps on there. Yeah. He's all excited about it, of course. He's just an excited person, period. I, I'm not too worried about Burns or reading too much into it. Yeah. Um, because you know where he probably is? Texas. He's probably hunting. He's probably on his property hunting and has no cell service out there. So he's probably just probably no internet, no cell service. That's the kind of guy <laughs> that he is. I would not be surprised. I I would lean more towards that than him being traded and him just being like, screw this. Like, yeah, if he was traded, it most likely would have been announced by now. That's my thought. Uh, okay, let's take a look at some more of these, uh, these comments here. Unless you had something else yeah. to say. Uh, well, Matthew Phipps said, I wonder if Simmer goes down that clears the botting pairing lefty for Merck's. Uh, yeah, but Merck is a right-handed shot. Yeah. So losing Shimmick and putting Merck in the lineup doesn't make sense. Per se, I mean, I guess they could put Vlasic on the left. Yeah, so maybe it doesn't make sense. No, it does. Um, make sense. Yeah, you got. I, just, I still don't think Merkley. I think I I commented on this somewhere. I, I think it was Reddit. Merkley to me is not ready to jump in the NHL. Um, Doug Wilson Jr. kind of last year was asked about him, and they said that he came into camp. He wasn't quite in the shape that they wanted him to be. Um, not that he was like he was overweight or anything, but his they do like a whole body fat test and it wasn't quite there. So um, he didn't, he wasn't quite ready. And then um, I think he just needs more time. I think he's going to need, this is a season that we're going to see if the sharks make the playoffs. I don't think we see him in the lineup. If the sharks are out, they're going to start trading players away by the deadline and getting picks and whatever. And then you'll see Markley get some more cups of coffee because he just, he needs his offense. Isn't the problem. It's his defense. And Putting, can you imagine having Burns, Carlson, and <laughs> and him in the lineup? That means all three pairings would have one guy who is going to be in the offensive zone the whole time and needing a defensive defenseman with them at all yeah. times. Yeah, I, I don't see it. So I like the idea, but I, here's why I don't like the idea. I don't like the idea because I really like the idea of Brent Burns and Eric Carlson on separate lines going, they're going to be taking the majority of the minutes. Anyway, um, you're going to have an offensive push no matter which pairing is out there. Right. Um, and that just hasn't panned out the way we were all hoping for. A lot of that has to do with the amount of turnovers and it's not because they're bad players. It's because they're offensive defensemen and offensive defensemen by nature are trying to move the puck up, uh, trying to make plays. So they tend to give the puck up often because they've got the puck often uh, so give a third pairing, <laughs> another offensive defenseman, a young offensive defenseman who hasn't really had any NHL games yet. I think you're just asking for more turnovers. So 
Uh, I don't think that's the right path for the Sharks to pursue having a line, uh, every defensive pairing having an offensive defenseman on it. I think if you're going to have Merkley in the game, you've got to have one of the other two big guys out. And I think that's where some of the pot gets stirred up with uh, Brent Burns uh, maybe being traded. Who knows? So um, if he gets traded, I'd be much more accepting of having Ryan Merkley step into uh, a teal sweater on, uh, on the big ice here and, and see how he does. But uh, I just don't see having all three of them on the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I just don't see it unless one of them gets moved or he somehow makes a huge step in his, super committed and ready to go going into the AHL season this year. Um, and to me, it doesn't make sense to bring him to the NHL and have him play 10 minutes a night when he should be playing 25 minutes a night at yes. the AHL level in all power play, shorthanded situations, be the guy for the Barracuda and show that you can do that. And I think that would translate better into the NHL um, more of the long-term development of him. Um Someone, yeah, someone asked about Bordalo. He's going to be at Michigan along with all of those picks from this year. That team is just going to be such a powerhouse, and it'll be great for him development-wise. He's also, I don't think he's eligible age-wise to play in the AHL because he's 19 and he's he's committed to going to college. So um, I, I, those kinds of rules kind of make my head spin a little bit. Angelo Nunez asking, do you think the Sharks should find a goalie for their next pick? I'm going to leave this one up to you, Aaron. I don't think they're going to. Um, the Sharks don't tend to take picks. In fact, I saw a stat yesterday. I think it was, I don't know if it was Darren Stevens or someone else, but um, the Sharks have the Sharks and the Vegas Knights, because they're so new, are the only two teams in the NHL that have never picked a goalie in the first two rounds. I thought that was pretty unbelievable. So the, the Sharks just don't spend their picks on goalies and to me goalies are uh, with the exception of you know you get Carey price or or flurry was number one overall um di pietro was a number one overall do you think he should have been a number one overall mm, i don't think so he's a good he was a good goalie but then he got hurt so and now look at Carey price what's wrong with Carey price he's having surgery or he just mm-hmm. had surgery so he's gonna be out for another 10 to 12 weeks let's when be you fair get how old is Carey price though now yeah i think he's 30 isn't he older than that i don't i don't think he's that old because he started so young all right you keep talking i'm gonna look this up (laughs) um (laughs) when you play goalies especially butterfly goalies like that they're gonna have hip problems so uh eventually they're gonna break down 33 yeah okay still he's not that old right i mean coming from a 39 year old (laughs) he's that old old. it's not that old (laughs) anyway um (laughs) I, I don't I don't see them. I mean, Aiden Hill is only 25, I think. That's pretty young. And he's a goalie that's already he's played 49 NHL games. That's a pretty good size under his belt. I'm not saying he's gonna be a starter, but he has the athleticism for a guy that is six foot six. He's a freaking monster in net. Mm-hmm. Um and it seems like that's the goalies the sharks are going after. So they just got what was that guy's cool name? Uh remember they traded for him or they signed him or they Chroma. Krona, 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 Magnus Krona. Yeah. Right. Magnus Krona. Another guy that's like six foot six. Um, uh, that guy's more of a, uh, such a prospect. He's not really like raw. Like he's going to need a lot of work, but still the sharks just don't seem to be drafting goalies. Nabokov and was a what? Seventh round or eighth round. He's so late. So, and he took a long time to develop too. So I just, I don't see the sharks are going to be drafting a goalie at least in the second round yeah Maybe and i like fifth, um, round. 
In, in a way, you're kind of wrong because if you look at Denver Doyle's comment here, basically Hill was our second round pick this year. Yeah, but that's a guaranteed goalie, not a prospect. Yeah, yeah, no, th- and that's what I'm saying. We did. We picked a goalie, but we picked a goalie that's not just a prospect. We picked a guy that's got NHL experience under his belt that is still young, that is still going to be getting better. I think that was the best use of a second round pick. Now, you're saying this year, Denver Doyle, uh, that was actually next year's second because this year's second belongs to Ottawa, the last piece of the Eric Carlson trade. So um, we spent next year's uh, second round pick there. Aaron, do you think they're going to try to trade to get into the second round, maybe using a, a player? Do you think, say it again? Oh, get into the second round? Yeah. Um, I won't rule it out. I think, again, it's going to be depending on who's there. What they're, They have their own list, and if yep. those guys are, are not picked and they put them in their order... And they kind of know based on what other teams' needs are and who they like, and probably scouted who they were scouting and and kind of know. So um, the Sharks, I think they they do a decent amount of moves moving around the board, uh, moving up or down in in the draft. So I wouldn't be surprised if we we see some trades. Maybe not even a player trade. Maybe it's just a you know picks. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Okay. Hey, how about we do a, a roll call here? I think we've gone uh, quite a while and I think we can go ahead and have sure. them type in something in the comment section there. If you guys are watching us, first of all, we do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, this show is always so much better when we do a live, having you guys uh, in the comments section, hitting us up with things to talk about. Uh, we love it. I'm hoping you guys love it. You must, because you keep coming back. It's glutton for punishment, I guess. Um, so, Aaron, uh, what should we have them say as the uh, the thing for our? <laughs> Are you happy about Eklund, or did you want someone else? Okay. How about that? Are okay, you where, with Eklund? where where are you watching us from, and are you happy with Eklund, or were you hoping for someone else? There you go. Uh, there was a comment earlier from Melissa I wanted to touch on. It says, "Were you guys yeah. shocked about the Habs pick? Do you know about that whole story?" Um. Okay, so that story was with the guy. I'm not even, I don't want to say it necessarily. Just go ahead and explain it because I don't want to get it wrong. Go ahead. So there's a guy who was in the draft or he, um, a hopeful, a draft hopeful, mm-hmm. um, Logan Melu, and he did something terrible uh, in, while he was in Sweden, I believe. I was. I always say it's Sweden. I don't know if it's Sweden. Probably Switzerland. But anyway. Or Switzerland. It's probably Switzerland because I said Sweden. Um, I don't, I'm not going to get into the, to the specifics, but he basically, he told everyone, don't draft me. He was pulling himself out. Yeah. Um, had to do with sexual mo- misconduct. It was, it was a terrible thing that he did. Yeah. And he didn't sound very remorseful, which is what the, the victim was also saying. Um, so he told everyone not to draft him. Montreal drafted him with the 30, 30th pick or whatever the pick was, 31st, 30th. 30th. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone was kind of like, what What are you doing? And then following up with that was the Chicago Blackhawks going to take their pick, which they have a whole thing going on right now in the in the news too. So it was just yeah, like, yeah. wow, there's, there's the NHL did a great thing and then ends the night with those two things. Like just, it was terrible. So I think it was a bad pick. I think... Montreal, that was so bad, so bad of Montreal to do that. And apparently Bergeron, Bergeron or Bergevin, whoever their GM is, claimed he didn't know about it. It's like, come on, man. If you didn't know that, you should not be having that job. And what the odd thing is, is he was also in Chicago when that stuff went down. 
So he was involved in both of those things. Just yeah. Bad. Just bad. It's a it's a it's like a black eye on NHL to end the night. I'm not happy about it. Especially when the player outright says, please don't pick me. I, I mean, I wouldn't, you remember the the draft, the Arizona Coyotes last year picked a guy who wasn't supposed to be picked basically in the fourth round or so. Hmm. Um, and then they revoked it and they said, we're not going to take him. I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow or the day next couple of days, Montreal says, we're not going to take it, which what a waste. You wasted a first round pick on yeah. someone that you should not have taken. Yeah. Silly. So. Yeah, I hope they. Uh, I hope they cave into the pressure from social media and and everything else that they should re. What is it? Refuse the draft or recuse the draft? Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Melissa. I completely agree, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you must know Melissa because nobody completely agrees with you. Um, <laughs> let's see, we've got uh, Anthony Sanchez. Rather have Jason Demers on the third pairing than Merkley. I don't think Jason Demers is available he's a ufa i believe oh is he uh from arizona oh okay i didn't realize he was ufa mm-hmm. i wouldn't yeah mind. i was just i was looking at arizona because they were the dumping ground of the nhl oh yeah taking on so many bad contracts it's funny they're like oh here's a trade and arizona coyotes are getting these terrible contracts and these draft picks and they're giving up nothing so it's just a transaction <laughs> it's not a trade i think for a trade you need to have Two things, you know, one going back and forth. So future considerations, bud. No, that wasn't even in there. <laughs> it wasn't even it's literally like it's not even a bag of pucks. That's future considerations. It's a bag of pucks. They're not even getting that. So yeah. Um, and they had two two transactions like that. So they and so here's a funny thing. Marion Hosa is coming off the books this year for Arizona. Okay. He's been on there forever. They used to have Chris Pronger on the books for years. Um, they have, uh, I'm going to pull it up right now. Cause there's, there's, other, there's three other players that are never going to play for them okay. that are on their team right now. Um, Marion Hosa, Andrew Ladd is one of the ones they just got. Okay. Michael Grabner, uh, is dead money for another year. And they retain, looks like they retained salary on Oliver and Oliver Ekman Larson. Yes, they did. So that's going to be on their books for, uh, six more years. It's only 14%, I think they said, but still, six years. It's almost a million dollars. It's $990,000. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I think we made some progress here with Anthony Anthony Sanchez. Says, guys, I had a long talk with the wife on the possibility that Burns has moved. She understands and will not be throwing shoes anymore. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, I'm phenomenal. glad she's seen the light. Phenomenal. Uh, and Neil Rowland. From Sacramento says, I am not very happy with the Eklund, uh, the Eklund, because <laughs> I am not very familiar with him. I'm hoping that you get very familiar with him uh, by him playing for the Sharks uh, quickly and phenomenally, and and hopefully that changes your mind on him. Anthony, I was going to say price. you might you might be uh, more familiar with him this season. I would not be surprised if he's in the lineup. You wouldn't really, no. Okay. The Sharks need it. They they need something in. I All think right. I think they can really turn it around if they can get Eklund in the lineup on the second or third line. Pair him up with Dolan. Pair him up with the new three third line center. You got two Swedes. Maybe they get a Swedish center and they have a whole Swedish line. Then they're like you know the Detroit Red Wings of the mid two thousands. Right. Well, you need another Swede to play alongside Carlson. Then that could happen. Which, by the way. In the conference call, I did get to ask Eklund, and I said, "Hey, um, just curious, yeah, how how pumped are you?" 
uh, about the possibility of playing with, you know, fellow sweet Eric Carlson, who is just like, man, it's like a dream. It's, you know, so awesome. Can't, can't wait to get this thing going. And, you know, I've watched him for a long time and blah, blah, blah. And it was actually right after my question that Carlson jumped on. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah. You can see the look on his face. He was just like, Oh, it's, it's Eric Carlson. Wow. You set that one up perfectly. Nice job. Starstruck. Yo, do I teed little, him up, buddy? I teed him softball up. right there. Oh goodness. The more, you know, um, yeah, no, it was just, it was just really funny. Cause he was very starstruck and everybody's pumped about having this super talented guy uh but you know at the end of the day he's he's a kid still more or less and he was just you know, again starstruck so super cool yeah hopefully we get uh, a lot of uh swedish viewership um you know having <laughs> uh, both carlson and eklund i know you were talking a little bit about that that would have been uh that'd be nice it's always nice to have some uh, international people uh checking us out little little insight sweden is actually the number three country that watches us our show. <laughs> i'm not joking it's the united it's states Canada, Canada. Okay, yeah, Canada, and then Sweden, and then Sweden. Yep. There's some there analytics you for you. I imagine that viewership maybe has fallen off a bit with Eric Carlson, maybe not playing so hot lately. No, they just there's. It's hard for them to kind of get um, up to date news. So, well then, uh, to any them. Swedish folks that are watching or will be watching on a replay of this, uh, again, we welcome you back and we thank you for uh, stopping by. Uh, please feel free to uh, to hop in. <laughs> I don't know what time. It's like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever it is right uh, now. I think they're nine hours ahead, nine yeah. or ten hours ahead. So there, when when they were talking to Eklund, it was four in the morning for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this poor guy, he's got his suit. Ferrar was laughing. He's like, I love it, you bud. You got your suit on. It's four in the morning. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, look, um, Matthew Phipps, a Swede from New Zealand, absolutely love the pick for the Sharks in the country. Um. And then JL103, the Swedish American League of Northern California is pumped. Svedal next year will be full of NHL talent. Okay. He slapped the one. <laughs> what? He also like said, just stock up on meatballs and Lingdenberry jam from Ikea. <laughs> I don't think I've had the jam. I've had the meatballs. Meatballs are delicious. I guess the jam is the jam that comes with it too, but. So, uh, folks that are watching, Aaron and I actually have a friend, um, another guy named Paul. Actually, he speaks uh, Swedish. He's Swedishian. He's half Swedish and half Egyptian. Um, I'm wondering, maybe one time we get him on um, and to ask a question in Swedish, get the answer, and then only we'll know. You know, that might be that's an exclusive, right? Only there, Paul buddy. would know. He's actually he's a Dallas Stars fan too because he's from Dallas. Uh, that's true. So he'll he'll probably tell us not what they said. Yeah. <laughs> He said he wants to trade to Dallas. That's yeah. what he said. <laughs> trade me to Dallas. Tell Doug Wilson, get him on the phone. I want out. Oh my goodness. Killing me. All right, cool. I think uh, we're almost off the rails here. Is there anything else you want to bring up and chat about, or are we good here? I, I mean, the, the rest of the draft, it's kind of just the, the thing that I'm looking forward to with the rest of the draft is more of the trades. Okay. The, the mm-hmm. not having a second and then going third and deeper again, this draft, not so much a one that was, touted as a deep draft really. And it's obviously one where there was very limited amount of games. A lot of the scouting was done from afar. So uh, these later round guys, some of them could be gems because people just can't pick up on it. And that's where I think the Joe will special comes into play, getting two picks in the seventh instead of the one in the fifth. I could understand in a normal draft, maybe not so hot, but in this draft, who knows guys might fall through the cracks here. So uh, I think for me, the thing that I'm looking most forward to tomorrow uh, will be any sort of uh, movement in terms of trade action. Uh, is that kind of what you're looking forward to? I know you already said you're expecting maybe something here or there 
Um, well, you know, but I mean, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Is Martin Jones going to get moved? Is Brent Burns going to get moved? Are we doing anything else? Are we going to move up for picks? What do you think is going to happen here? Um, I think I brought this up in a tweet a couple, like a week ago or so. Uh, with the news of Montreal, Shea Weber is going to be out at least a full season. He might even be done for his career. Um, they're going to need to get somebody in there for those big minutes. He's a right-handed shot defenseman. Their captain, such a leader of that team, and his body is just broken down. He, he's not going to be able to play. So um, Montreal, just having been to the finals, they got a taste. Their fans are going to want to get right back to the finals. Montreal is going to want to get right back to the finals. They're going to do everything that they can to uh, replace him. And uh, their GM yesterday said as much, probably through a trade. So what I said was, why don't the Sharks trade for Shea Weber, put him on long-term IR so they can just, he's not going to hit the salary cap. Trade either Burns, I said Vlasic, because they love, you know, French-speaking Canadians. So, um to me, it was a, a moving Vlasic and not Burns, but Burns is a right-handed shot, so you'd replace a right-handed shot with a right-handed shot. Now, Petri is the the kind of guy who took over when Shea Weber was in and out of the lineup, and he is a right-handed shot. So if you you could put Burn, if you uh, if you move Vlasic, you could put him kind of the top pairing defenseman there. He can eat a lot of minutes. I think Vlasic is still a very good player. Um, to me, he just needs probably a new a, new, a change of scenery kind of thing. Um, he does have a full no movement clause. So that's one thing that you have to worry about. Um, I don't think he would say no to it because he's going to be getting more ice time and players want to play. So if he's going to be going to a team that just made it to the finals, do you think he's going to say no? Probably not. Well, and and again, it's the Canadians. There's, there's been a connection between Vlasic and the Canadians for, you know, many, many years. So um, I could definitely see that being the place that he says, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to waive for this team, right. and it's not, and not it's, just the destination, but like you just said, I mean, there's a team that just went to the finals and you're coming from a team that couldn't make playoffs two years in a row. And so I think it makes that, sense. Yeah, and on top of that, Montreal still has 10 more picks in six rounds. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be using all 10 picks. I think they're going to be using those for bait to, to bring in something. So um, let me look right now, actually. Montreal has two second rounders. They have theirs in Tampa Bay. They don't have their third, but they have Chicago and Washington's. They have their four St. Louis and Vegas's. They don't have their fifth, but they have Phillies. They have their sixth and they have their seventh. So it's a lot of picks. It's yeah. a lot of players that would be going into the organization. I, To me, I just think they're going to need to either bury Shea Weber and bring someone in, or they can move him and then bring in somebody else because Shea Weber still has another, I don't know, four years or five years or something. He had that. He was one of the last people to have that, what, 12 year deal or something? Yeah. Or four, I, can't, I forget how many days, how many years it was. Um, but yeah, people are asking about Martin Jones right now. Yeah. Well, so, so, we see Jones buyout tomorrow. Uh, Angelo buyout, oh, buyout on Jones, Denver Jones is a buyout. <laughs> I don't know if we'll see it tomorrow. I don't know when the deadline is, it's coming up, but there's a deadline to, uh, to do the buyout. I think it, it's probably in the week or something. So I, with, with Jones, what I think they'll end up doing is I feel like if they can target another goalie that they want and they can get that goalie that they want, then sure, they're going to get rid of Martin Jones one way or another by buyout or whatever. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I think that if they can't find that other guy that they want, I think they just stick with Jones, but they don't give him nearly the workload. 
And I think they give Aiden Hill a bigger workload. Um, that's just what I think is going to happen. It's not necessarily what I want to happen, um, but I, that's the way I, I feel like it's going to end up going. And they, they talked about rectifying the goaltending situation and bringing in Aiden Hill might be just kind of what they were thinking of in terms of rectifying it, right? Taking a lot of the starts away from Jones, giving him you know less starts, giving Aiden Hill more of the reins, letting Aiden Hill develop more, and kind of letting Jones's contract. Uh, right out just another extra year off the off the books, right? So um, I could definitely see them doing that. I know a lot of people want the buyout to happen. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see how it goes. But that's that's what makes the off season so uh, so interesting is that there's so many different ways um, to to go about this and to try to you know make moves to make your team better. But remember, we're in a reset mode here too. So I wouldn't exactly expect. You know, to to make um, the buyout happen, to bring in huge, huge talent, and to try to get right back in the playoffs and win it all right away. So, um, I don't don't get your hopes too high. Um, I guess is what <laughs> kind of what I'm getting at here. Um, the Sharks are probably uh, not going to bring in uh, crazy major, huge talent, um, regardless no. of what happens tomorrow. I don't think they're going to spend too much to get in somebody. They still have to sign Aiden Hill. He's still an RFA. Um, but I don't think Martin Jones is going to be back in Teal. I think he is going to get bought out. And right here, Anthony Sanchez, buyout ends July 27th. That's in four days. I yeah. don't think they announce it tomorrow because that would distract from the draft and they want the focus on the players that are coming in, not the players going out. So I bet the deal is probably in place and we'll see it announced in maybe closer to the deadline, maybe on the 27th, 26th or 27th. I think he's going to get bought out. I think they're going to go to the free agency and get another veteran and we were looking at this the last show yeah um halak i think was the one that i kind of said would be a good yep he's he's good enough to take over if someone gets hurt for stretches but not for a whole season right he's older now too but he would he would be a good uh mentor towards aiden hill yeah and and you know that was one of the things going back to you know seasons prior where we had talked about with aaron dell he's good in short spurts but it, when Jones gets hurt, he goes, you know, five, six, seven games and the play just kind of declines. Right. And you can see it in the numbers. Um, I think Halak is not that guy. I think Halak is the guy that comes in and can play that stretch of games uh, and still be OK to your point there. So, um, you know, barring if, if Aiden Hill were to get an injury and Halak was backing up the team, I would still feel very secure um, in their ability to you know stop the puck and basically you know string a few wins together. Uh, at least from the goaltending perspective, from the rest of the team, who knows? But um, again, off season, baby, is one of the best times of the year. <laughs> I, I love this. This is great. Um, uh, shark season. I'm guessing that's what it is. Susan. Okay. I'd love to see LeBanc get traded. What kind of value do you guys think you can get for him? Keep in mind, this guy was a sixth round pick. Yeah. I think he could get a fourth, third or fourth round pick for Kevin LeBanc because. He is an offensive forward. We know his defensive woes. Probably not going to change. I don't think he's going to get any better. Um, but if he could be on a good team that has depth, he could be a third-line winger that gets power play time. Um, so he's not going to hurt the team as much, but he's going to help them uh, much more offensively. I don't know what team. I'm not going to work that out. But yeah. I could see some teams are going to want him. He has value. Yeah, absolutely he has value. And I feel like... Um, I feel like he has more value than people will, are going to give him credit for. Um, I feel like, cause even, even Shang Peng was saying, you know, he's basically a statistics darling. Like you look at his statistics or his advanced anal- uh, analytics, I should say 
and um, he's got some really good numbers. So I think most teams, especially this day and age, are are really kind of analyzing that end of it even more so than just the tape, right? So I think that they're going to look at those things. If somebody who would be interested in Kevin LeBanc would look at all those different advanced stats and see um, the type of player that he possibly could be for their team, taking the last two seasons uh, with a grain of salt because, you know, of COVID and everything else, shortened seasons, uh, playing on a not-so-great team uh, that has not had success these last two seasons. Um, but then you look the season prior to all that, and he had 50-something points, you know, so – um, granted he was playing alongside Joe Thornton, but Joe Thornton was actually, you know, kind of the older version of Joe Thornton, uh, than, than what we've seen in the past with him having the Joe Thornton effect on players like Jonathan Chichu, Devin Setaguchi, right? So you get the older version of that making Kevin LeBanc better. Well, then maybe, you know, somebody who's, you know, in their prime and is able to, to move the puck to Kevin LeBanc, maybe that's what he needs now. And maybe that's what we have for him. And so therefore, Maybe, you know, he's worth more to this team. So I don't know. I think that Kevin LeBanc does have a pretty good value in terms of bringing something back in a trade. And I don't think people should be too surprised if they bring in um, something a little bit more than what maybe even what you had just talked about, you know, a fourth or a third. I think, you know, a good prospect and uh, for Kevin LeBanc makes makes sense to me. But Anthony, no, I'm sorry. Eichel is not going to be coming to the Sharks tomorrow. Um, that is... Just not no. going to happen. Buffalo is asking for the world for him, and they yeah. won't release his medical records. Who is going to do that? No one's going to go into that. No, absolutely not. I want nothing to do with Eichel. Eichel is going to cost too much for the Sharks, and he's going to be injured too much. It's not worth it to me. I'd rather have uh, from their team. Um, oh, blanking on his name now. The other forward that was also available, who was cheaper. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> While you do that, Anthony Sanchez says third line center, and we need a whole fourth line. Uh, Ryan the top Hart. right wing and a D man. Um, okay. Reinhardt. So, that's who it is. I'd rather have Reinhardt than Eichel. Okay. He's a right winger. Yeah. No, I, I, exactly. And to Anthony Sanchez's point, right? Right wing. I, I honestly, I was a little surprised that they didn't go with Gunther simply because he plays right wing. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking at the, the the roster, and it's like, Man, there's a lot of centers and left wings. You know, there's not a whole lot on the right hand side. Left wingers will still be there by the start of the season. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, who knows? We'll have or to see. Or by next season, who knows? But uh, that that response there came because um, I think Angelo Nunes was saying, "What do you think is the Sharks' weakest links besides the the goalie?" And Anthony was responding to that, saying they need the third line center. Anthony uh, and and Angelo, uh, yeah, it looks like the third line center is supposed to be coming from free agency. Uh, hopefully a veteran, hopefully a guy who's pretty good defensively, who has a little bit of offense to him, and a guy who can win a lot of faceoffs to take all that off of Logan and uh, and Tomas Hurdle's uh, hands off their plate. So we'll see how that goes. A whole fourth line? I don't know about a whole fourth line. Maybe a better fourth line, I can understand. Uh, but to to that point, maybe a better third line before we get a better fourth line. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, and then let's see, we got Jonathan Dolan coming. There's your third line center. He's not a center. I thought he was a winger. I thought he was too. Yeah. Am I wrong, Joe? Let me know. I don't know. Let's I'm going to keep using words that rhyme with O. <laughs> All right. I think we are uh, just about fully off the rails. I'm sweating like crazy. Is it, Are you hot where you are? It's actually nice and cool. I don't like you. Let's, let's talk about that briefly. We, okay. I'm actually in the studio. 
I, See, I have a green no, screen. Wait, 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 wait. You can't start off like that because then it makes it look like there's a problem with me. There's a problem on my end. You know, explain we, yourself first. We had uh, we had gremlins come attack us. That's that's what I posted on Twitter again, like usual. So we were trying to set up for a live with all the new equipment and couldn't get it working. So um, we will have that fixed by the time we do our next live. But so I and then at, for me, my stuff at home wasn't set up because I wasn't expecting to be there. So I'm in the studio with all of super producer Jason's equipment. His nice green screen, way nicer than the one I have. Um, better lighting too, and way better lighting. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I actually look decent. Maybe you know, maybe maybe too bright, but I need. I might need to start wearing makeup now. Too shiny. <laughs> there you go. We're just gonna powder your head, I guess. Huh? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, last couple of comments here, Ricky. Saying Jonathan Dolan is a worse prospect than Leonard in every metric. People seriously need to temper their expectations of him. Very interesting there. I, I would be interested in seeing those metrics. I'm not saying I doubt you. I would just be interested in seeing those metrics there. Yeah, to uh, me, he's going to be like how Jonas Donskoy was a couple years ago for the Sharks. He's going to be that third third line winger that can possess the puck and and make some plays, but he's not going to be a – I don't see him as a top six talent. Maybe a guy yeah. who could fill in on the second line, but not like – He's not going to be the best floor the Sharks have ever had. And I, and I can understand where Ricky's coming from, too. Even just take the metrics aside and you just look at the fact that he was playing in the the uh, second league in Sweden, right? Yeah, he was tops in that league, but that doesn't translate to, you know, playing in the NHL or playing at the NHL level necessarily. So I could see where, um, again, if you, even if you took the stats out of the picture, being the best in the second best league isn't being necessarily, you know, a top six in the NHL. Uh, I can see how that, that doesn't translate. So, um, yeah, I kind of share your, um, I don't know, raised eyebrow, if you'll say, maybe, uh, Ricky, uh, with regard to Jonathan Dolan. But, you know, I'm trying to stay positive and And anybody that we can come in here to help give us a, a little bit of a push, I am for it. Uh, Anthony Sanchez saying, James Reimer, Keith Yandel, both connected to the Sharks. In rumors, I agree with you, Anthony Sanchez. That would be nice. I wouldn't mind James Reimer uh, stepping in to play one-two with, with Aiden Hill there and Keith Yandel. I'm not sure what the situation was with Keith Yandel, but to have him as that extra older bottom pairing to play alongside older uh, Vlasic. Well, I that. The, the only way Yandel will come in is one of those other defensemen are out. I think Yandel's a, well, a right-handed shot. Shimek. Yeah, but he's he makes too much money is my point. Okay, yeah. That's what I mean. I don't know his situation in terms of contract and how much he's making. So Yeah, he's in Florida. Here, I'll pull it up real quick. Oh, my goodness. Yandel... I thought he was in Florida. Uh, do you feel Evander Kane is going to be traded. traded this summer? I don't think Evander Kane is going to get traded. I heard that there were some rumors about that. Uh, I just have a hard time trading the guy that gave you the most on the ice, not just points wise. I mean, he was out there running people. Um, he's got he's got all the heart that uh, I'm looking for on this team. Uh, he I, I've definitely heard things about him in the locker room and people don't like each other or whatever else. And yes, if that's the case, then obviously you kind of want to rectify that situation. But from just on ice perspective, um, he does everything I want a Sharks player to do. He runs out there and hits. He is constantly moving his feet. He has uh, got really good stick handling. He's got exceptional shot. There's just nothing that I don't like about the guy. Maybe defensively he could be a little bit better, but I mean, come on. We're just, you know, grasping at straws here for that. But I mean, I think, no, I think he's, he's solid in every way. And I just don't see them um, unloading him unless of course you're doing that to get more prospects or picks. And that doesn't scream reset to me. That screams more like rebuild. 
Yeah, I I think um, I think I mentioned this last year. Kane was playing like a guy who wanted to get traded. Not like oh. not that he didn't want to be here, but he was trying every night, like kind of like a showcase stock up showcasing. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he would want out. Not that he's going to ask for a trade, but if someone was interested in him, I bet he wouldn't. Not that he has a no trade clause anyway, but um, he would just, you know, I think he'd be open to it because he would want to be on a team that's going to contend. I mean, he only played, what, two seasons in the playoffs with the Sharks because he'd never been in the playoffs before he was on the Sharks right? in his career. And he is built for the playoffs. Like, he's he's only got so much time left in the league. I think he's going to want to be on a contender and a good team, and I think he deserves to be. And I don't know if the Sharks will be that. I'm hoping they will be. I don't know if they will be. So... I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Kane does get moved. Well, one thing is for sure. We certainly don't know now, but we will know in just a few days, uh, perhaps even tomorrow. Who knows? So um, we will be sure to be right back here for you guys. Uh, Aaron, do you think we could do another live if something big happens? Yeah, probably. I'm going to be okay. gone for the next couple of weeks, but yeah. You're going to be gone? Yeah. I don't even like you anymore. I know. <laughs> bring Marshall back. There you go. Hashtag bring Marshall back. It's coming. It's right down here. I'm telling you. Okay. So um, I guess that's going to wrap it up guys. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we do appreciate all the comments and everything else. Remember, if you want to support the show, you can do it at the You can get this sweet hat that I've got on. You can't get the polos. These are exclusive. Uh, <laughs> and then you can get uh, some shirts, stickers, that kind of stuff. So head on over to the All that stuff does help us out uh maybe it'll help uh get oh. some of that raid for the gremlins what's up i forgot we did get an email and i'm gonna announce it again nope. we are gonna do fantasy hockey and if you're interested email uh the fin factor at gmail.com and i will send you an invite to the league uh i got one so far and he was in the league before so nice um i'm just gonna start fresh so if anyone wants to play we're gonna have 11 spots 10 now so uh shoot me an email and i'll get you in the league we use fan tracks for uh for hockey, which is kind of relatively new. Very good. And Super Producer Jason, if you can remind everybody of our Venmo information, should you guys decide you want to just kind of donate to the show, uh, you can go ahead and tip us there at the Fin Factor. That is our Venmo. Uh, anything, of course, goes straight into the show. Uh, again, trying to get the gremlins out, those types of things. So uh, if you guys are enjoying it and you want to help support, that's a really good way of doing it there as well because uh, the, what do you, you call them, the, the Death Star? They they don't get Google and all the, all them that the Death you called them the Death Star one time and I just kind of ran with that every single time now. Okay. No, okay, good. Anyway, get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Yes, yes. Get, get on, on with, it. with it. They won't get a cut. So anyway, uh, we do appreciate you guys, and we will uh, be seeing you the next time we do a show. If you are subscribed and you hit the notification bell, you'll know when that is. So there you go. So that I don't get another get on with it, I'm just gonna say. For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys soon. Soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.